Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. I want to talk about this morning, we've come this far by faith. An eternal perspective. We come this far by faith. Amen. An eternal perspective. Um, today, we celebrate 16 years as a church, organized as a church. Uh, I believe that we're a blessed church. Um, I found out in 16 years, um, it's not about size, it's about quality. And I could honestly say, when we were here on Friday night and the people of God were saying how long they've been in this church, I saw a pattern. I saw a pattern here that people come to this church, but they don't leave. Some of them. Amen. They stay the course. Uh, they go through the ups and downs and but they realize they have found a place where they can grow and develop. When we started this church, I had a lot of dreams. Uh, I had a lot of plans. I had zeal. I was very zealous. Um, I was excited. I had good intentions. And then I soon found out <laughs> that the church has an enemy and it's not the people in the church. I wish I had somebody. The church, the moment you open the front door, the gates of hell are ready to swallow you up. We've had some good days, but can I honestly say this in 16 years, our good days outweigh our bad days. God has sovereignly guided us to this point in ministry. I am grateful to the people who started with us. I am thankful for the lessons that I have learned as a pastor. I have grown. I've had some painful seasons. I've had some up seasons, some down seasons, and some in-between seasons but I can honestly say that, I, that the journey, listen to me real good, has not made me bitter, it has made me better. I'm not the man I used to be. Come on and help me somebody. And I'm hoping that you're not the member you used to be, amen, up until this point. Because if you remain the same, there's something wrong on either side. I can say today I've chosen this title because it sums up our journey from Sugarland to Southwest Houston to Pearland back to Sunnyside Houston. Tell your neighbor, we've come this far by faith. Amen. I would not have written it like this. And what I found out, saints, is that God when you start on this journey, he already has the plan. All you got to do is line up with the plan. 
But the other thing you have to do is you and I have to realize that the only way that we can go any further from where we are now in life, it is only by faith. We've come this far by faith and, and we find here in our passage today that Paul is writing to a church, amen, that was full of mess. I'm trying to help somebody. So if you're looking for the perfect church, it does not exist. The moment I joined the church, it became imperfect because we are imperfect people. God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for obedience. Are you with me? Paul describes the lives of the believers in the flesh. Paul is dealing with a church that had been infiltrated by false teaching. Amen. It's easy to follow trends. As a pastor, I had choices to make along these 16 years. Amen. I, I've taken some detours, but soon turn around. Amen. Why? Because I want to do it God's way. How many want to do it God's way? Amen. Because only when you do it God's way will you find what you're looking for. There's a place here where Paul writes to these people and he tells them that, listen, I don't want you to focus so much on the earthly things, but I want you to focus on things to come because the temporal will leave, but the eternal lasts forever. If you look at verse one, it says, for we know that if this, so he moves, well, let me, let me back it up real quick here. Tell your neighbor the context. We got to get the context. We got to get the context. Uh, let, let me show you something real quick. Go flip on over to, to, to chapter 4, uh, verse 4. Look what it says. Here's, here's, here's what the church fights all the time. The God of this world. It says, in whose case the God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of who? unbelievers so that they may not see the what the light of the what of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of Christ so so we know that Satan is always trying to blind the minds of unbelievers amen but we know that God is greater than Satan are you with me and then he moves on amen and and look what he says let's skip on down real quick to verse 8 this is what ministry has been like. We are afflicted. I'm trying to help somebody. Tell your neighbor we come this far by faith. You see, your affliction doesn't mean that it's over. Your affliction does not mean that life is over for you. What you're going through is what you're supposed to go through. Are you with me? He says, but, but what? We are afflicted on every way, but not crushed. Watch this. Perplexed but not despairing, persecuted, hello somebody, but not forsaken, struck down, but not what? Just, hey, the devil will try, but you will rise. Are you with me? He says, verse 10, he says, always caring about in the body, what? The dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus, here's the thing, what the world needs to see is the life of Christ in us. So when you're going through, 
Come on, somebody. You got to ask yourself a question, God. What do you want me to display in the midst of what I'm going through? Can I tell you something? It ain't over until God says it's over. And whatever the devil may try to do to you, you got to remind yourself of one thing. He cannot win. Are you with me? Paul focuses on the temporal in chapter 4. He says in verse 11, for we live for we who, are, who live are constantly being what? Over to who? To, the, to death. How many, how many can say it hasn't been an easy journey? Come on, come on. How many you can say, come on somebody. But guess what? You're here today. You got a smile on your face. Come on, somebody. What the devil meant for evil, God will turn it around for your good. Listen, when the devil wrote you off, God said, no, it ain't over yet. Are you with me? Paul says we live for we who live are constantly being delivered. Over to death for whose sake? Ah, So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. In other words, he says, we live to give an example. Amen. Our example is Christ. And I want to say this to you. It hadn't been easy. But I thank God that I learned how to live. I learned how to glorify God. I learned how not to complain. I learned how to take the good with the bad. Come on, somebody. I've learned how to be betrayed. I've learned how to go through all kinds of stuff because verse 17 is key. Verse four, chapter 4, verse 17 says, for momentary. Tell your neighbor, trouble don't last always. And notice what he says, light affliction is producing in us. See, here's the thing. Pain will either produce two things in you. Either you'll complain or you'll give glory to God. And I'm trying to help somebody. Stop complaining and give God glory. Thank you for the pain because it has purpose. Thank you for the suffering because it produces in me the opportunity to bring glory. Listen, if you don't go through anything, how can I follow you? Come on, help me now. I believe a lot of us are following people that ain't been through nothing. Matter of fact, they just showing you the good side of this. But there's a lot of sides to this thing. Are you with me? And But when you go through and you see that person go through, you get an opportunity to say, that's somebody I can follow. Are you with me? He says light affliction is producing in me eternal weight. Of glory far beyond what? All comprehension. While we look not at things which are, but at the things which are. For the things which are seen are what? Hey, you know what that means? Nothing lasts forever. I want to say nothing that all that stuff we're trying to hold on to. All that, that house you're trying to call, you've noticed it break. Brand new AC units. 
Brand new. I'm like, I'm, I was sitting back. I'm cool. I'm, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Three weeks later. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And I'm saying, my, and, and what dawned on me is, don't put your trust in anything that's new. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in things that are eternal. So we've come this far. And I want to give you an eternal perspective. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch what he says in chapter 5, verse 6. All right? Look at verse 6 now. Look at verse 6. Now you got to watch me now. He says, therefore, what is the there, therefore? That's a good question, right? Well, go to verse 5. Well, actually, go to verse 4. For indeed, while we're in this tent. You know why Paul alludes to the body as a tent? Because it's temporary. He did not call it a building. He called it a tent. And a lot of us are trying to preserve this. And God is saying, this is a tent. This is temporary. What you do with your life is what really matters. The impact that you have on other people is what really matters. You see, because this tent, hey, I, I, I don't see the way I used to see anymore. Amen. Things don't look the same anymore. Are you with me? You may be young right now. <laughs> Amen. But keep living. You'll find out a few things. Watch this. He says, we groan being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by what? By life. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is who? Is who? God, who gave us the spirit as a pledge. Therefore, that's what it is, being always of good courage. Watch this. Knowing that while we are what? Huh? While we're at home, in the body, we are absent from the Lord. So what he's saying is that right now as a believer, our, our father's in heaven. We are here at home in this body. And so therefore, just because daddy's not around does not mean that we're not obligated to live a life that's pleasing unto him. So the question is, how did we get here? How did we come this far? Look at the next verse. And I'm just going to start with the for we. One verse. For we. Here's how we came here this far. First point. We understood our purpose. And you can apply this to your life. You can apply this formula to anything you do. Watch this. Our purpose. I wasn't clear on the purpose of the church when I started. I knew that I was called to preach. I knew I was called to pastor, but I didn't understand the purpose. Here's the thing. Anything you do without a purpose, you just do. And some of us are working at jobs that we don't understand why we're doing it. We're just trying to get by. Some of you are doing some things with your life right now. Watch this. You don't understand the purpose. Walking by faith does not mean you don't know what you're supposed to do. Walking by faith does not mean that you just step out on nothing. You're stepping out on something, and that something is Jesus. And so we understood our purpose. Here's what our purpose is. Worship, evangelism, ministry, spiritual maturity, watch this, and fellowship. And when we started to 
operate according to our purposes, watch this, we started to see a clear path. And I'm trying to help somebody with something today. When you find your purpose, you say, how do I find my purpose? You got to know your spiritual gift. And when you know your spiritual gift, then you can understand your purpose. When you understand the purpose of the church, you'll understand why you come every day, every week. You'll understand why fellowship is important. You'll understand why worship is important. You'll understand why evangelism is important. You'll understand why you play a part in ministry because God wants to use you for his glory. Are you with me? So we came this far because we understood our purpose. The second thing we understood, second thing we understood for we, we understood our assignment. I'm trying to help somebody. You got to know your assignment. Our assignment is to share the gospel. Our assignment, come on somebody, is to bring the lost into the kingdom and then develop them, spiritual maturity, into mature believers so that they can go out and do the same thing that was done to them. Watch this. Church is not just about a building. It's not about building buildings. It's about building people. Building a people who have one heart, one mind, one vision, one purpose, one assignment, and that is to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And can I help somebody with something? When you know your assignment, tell your neighbor, I got to know my assignment. When you know your assignment, you can be obedient to God's command because God will tell you to go here, to go there, but watch this. Your assignment positions you even in hardship, come on somebody, to carry out what you were called to do. And somebody here today, I want to tell you something. You've been called to do the work of God. But you got to understand that you can't get no further than where you are until you accept your assignment. Knowing your purpose but accepting your assignment is something else. Watch what he says. He says, verse 7, for we, I'm still talking about the we, we, next we're going on, we walk by what? Faith. Now let me say this. I made a lot of mistakes as a pastor. I did. I've had some bad experiences that paralyzed me. Fear. I stayed in a place for so long because I got comfortable. Because I kept replaying the pain of the past. If I, if I do this, I'm going to have that same experience. And I was paralyzed by fear. Come on, help me now. I, I became comfortable being comfortable. I, I realized that the only way we got here <laughs> is because of a step of faith. But I had to learn from my past pains in order to propel myself forward to where we are now. You become like your leader. So in other words, we paralyze the people too. Are you with me? 
and we only go as far as our leader can. I can't take you where I haven't been. Are you with me? But I thank God that through my learning seasons, I've arrived to a place. The next point is this. We understood that we had to grow in faith. We were stuck for years talking about building talking about this and talking about that and some of you in your lives right now you talk you got a good talk you're talking but you're afraid because you you got muscle memory you're thinking about the pain you're thinking about the hurts you're thinking about the disappointments you're thinking about when you did this this is what happened so it's going to happen again but if you step out by faith what is faith the assurance of things what hopeful but yet not seen. Listen, listen, listen. Paul told these believers, don't focus on the present situation, but focus on your future condition. Not what you see, hallelujah, but what you know God can do. Can I tell you something? If you take the first step, he'll take five steps forward for you. Nothing that you'll ever do in the kingdom or in life, if it's not done by faith. Saints, I'm talking to somebody, you, you, you're hesitant. You want to do it, but it, something is holding you back, and that something is fear. And I want to encourage somebody here today to let you know you cannot keep focusing on your failures because the your failures is what you're going to step on to move yourself forward by faith. And it's only by faith that we have come to this place. He says we walk by faith, watch what he says next, and not by what? Sight. Can I tell you something? When you look at your situation right now, what, what have you concluded? This is it. There's no way out. I got to do this. But can I tell you something? If you're going to have faith, you, you can't base it on what you see right now. Because what you see right now is an illusion. See, because God who sits in eternity looks down the corridor of time. God who places you in time. Come on, somebody. And he sits in eternity and he looks down the corridor of time and he sees what will happen tomorrow in your life. You got to put your trust in the one who's in eternity who sees down the corridor of time and you got to say, God, I, I'm not going to go by what I see. I see these bills. I see this. I see that. I see disappointment. But guess what? My eyes is fixed on you. My eyes is fixed on you. Because the way it looks right now, it looks bad. But guess what? Brighter days, brighter days, brighter days, brighter days. Why? Because I got my faith in him. He says, he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. So what we understood, the next thing we understood, we understood that we couldn't focus only on what we see. Sometimes you're like, but, but, the, 
but but this is what it is. These are the facts. No, man, you got to look beyond the facts. And you got to look beyond that. Watch this. We would have never moved. We would have never tried. We would have never believed because what we saw was impossible. Listen, Paul wants these believers to understand something. That all that you see right now is temporary. So if you put your eyes only on the on temporal things and not eternal things, how will you ever step out on faith? Did you catch that? Did you catch it? All right, you caught it. You got your gloves on? Catch it. Check it out. Paul is pointing them to an eternal perspective of life. And that's why he's saying we walk by faith and not by sight. And sometimes it looks bad. But you got to look beyond the bad and you got to look to the God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or even think. A God who can keep you in the midst of the storm. A God who is always there. A God who will be there in the midst of your storms and everything else. But watch verse 8. He says, we are of good courage. I say, watch what he says now. Rather to be what? Now, 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 Paul, you know, Paul's, Paul's saying, you know, you hear this a lot at funerals. This ain't a funeral message. This is a right now message. Okay, watch what he says. He says, he says, we would rather be where? Away or absent from the what? So there's a couple perspectives here you need to know. Well, let me, give me the point. Give me the point. We, we have to, we understood, and then I'll show it to you. We have to maintain an eternal perspective. What does that mean? The average believer don't understand that. By the time we walk out this door, you know what we're thinking? Chicken. Weed. Something. You know what I mean? We're not, think, we're not, think, we're not thinking like, what does it mean to think eternal? That this is not my home. That I have something better waiting for me. But I don't want to leave right now. Though. <laughs> Hold on a second. You understand what I'm saying? But, but I know, listen, when you know that eternity waits, awaits you, how do you live? You live with hope. You know that no matter what you do to me, it doesn't matter. Guess what? I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to heaven. I know that heaven hears my voice when I say, Father. Are you with me? So Paul says, we had to maintain an eternal perspective. Because if we didn't, what we saw on earth was defeat. Like we'll never get there. We'll, we'll always be the same. But an eternal perspective means this, y'all. That you're thinking about, man, I'm absent from the Lord. I'm here at home. Now, Lord, help me to carry out my assignment. Help me to live on purpose. Help me to understand what you created me to be, what you created me to do. I know it's more than just getting up, going to work, coming home, paying bills, getting work and coming home. I know there's an eternal perspective. And when life gets tough, 
you can look to your father who's in heaven. You know that, watch this, that there's a home awaiting you. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? Listen, 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 listen. If the choice were his, Paul says, I would seize the opportunity to depart from this life, to be at home with the Lord. But the constraints and the calling that he had caused him to want to be here on earth. May I ask a question? Here's the thing. Why do you exist? And your existence is important because you play a part in God's eternal plan for this earth. Oh, did I get too deep right there? In other words, you're more than just whatever you do. Matter of fact, you're not defined by what you do. God wants to use your life to make a difference on this earth. Are you with me? Watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch, watch what we said next. I got to go. I got to go now. You know, I got to go. Verse 9. Therefore, there it is again. We also have as our ambition whether home or absent to be what? To be what? You see, that's the key to making it by faith. You got to ask yourself a question. Who are you living to please? Here's what we understand. We understood Lastly, that we exist. Vision Church, we may not be the biggest church, but we want the baddest church on earth. I'm going to tell you that. Because my mind is made up. You ain't got to puff me up because we're going to puff our Savior up. But everything we do Okay, it's to please him. It's to please him. We exist for that purpose. So if we're pleasing God, what do you think will happen in all the other areas of your life? Listen, listen, listen. This is, this is why we've come this far by faith. Pleasing God is our number one priority. Nothing else takes first place. God for your glory. God, because we want to please you, that is our principal purpose, and that is to please God. And let me tell you why. Because you got to read verse 10. Look at verse 10. For we must. Now listen, you may get away with it now. But tell your neighbor, there's an appointment that you got to show up to that you ain't going to be late for. For we must, what? Oh, I love that word all. We, uh, the all is for Christians. This is the Bama seat. The great white throne is for unbelievers, but this is the Bama seat, right? We must all, so it's Christians, stop complaining. And start pleasing him. God, what can I do to please you? 
What can I do to live for you? What can I do to surrender to you? What can I do, God, so that when I appear before you, tell your neighbor, it's coming. Any church that does not have an eternal perspective will always fade to the side and it will always be about people. Think about people, y'all. Look what he says. He says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be what? For his what? In the what? All right. Okay now. Amen. Let me read it one more time. The deeds in the what? You better check yourself. You better catch up. So here's what I've done. I know I've messed up so much in this body that now I'm trying to let my good outweigh my bad. So I'm running for Jesus. I ain't looking back because I know as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to mess up. So if for every mess up, I'm trying to do a makeup because I know one day he's going to say, come here, boy. Now, what you been doing? And he says, according to what was done in the body, whether what, good or bad. So hold on a minute. I'm going to give an account for my bad. Don't think you got away with it. Don't think you got away with it. You didn't get away with it. So while you heard this message today, why not? Take the first step forward and say, okay, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you because I've done so much bad. As a Christian, I'm talking about. That I want to get it right. And I want to live for you. The actor James uh, Dutton, I believe that's how you say it, James Dutton, from the, from the TV show Rock. Before he became a famous actor, he was a prisoner. One day, he was being interviewed by a reporter who asked him why he never became a repeated offender. The reporter asked him, why didn't you commit another crime like so many other men who end up back in prison? He, his answer was very informative. He says, unlike other prisoners... I never decorated my cell. In other words, I never made my prison cell home. Y'all ain't hearing me. Many of us are not only in prison, we've decorated the sites because it's home. We've decided that since, since there's no way to get out of here, I might as well learn how to live with it. I might as well make myself at home. I might as well get comfortable here because I'm never going to get out of this mess. I've been here too long. I've gone too deep. I will never find freedom. Let me resign to living a defeated Christian life because it's over for me. But let me share something with you. It ain't over for you. Don't you make your prison home. Listen, this, uh, this body 
is just passing through this world. We have an eternal perspective. We have a home waiting for us in heaven. Don't live like you're living here, like you're going to live here and die. Live like you're going somewhere. Amen. And give God all the glory and the praise. Give him a hand clap of praise, y'all. I'm done with that. Amen. 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 We've come this far by faith, an eternal perspective. And I want to encourage somebody here today. I want to encourage you today to understand this. Just because you messed up doesn't mean it's over. But I will say this to you. It's part of the plan. You have to keep an eternal perspective in mind. Keep walking by faith. I know it looks bad. But you got to keep walking by faith. Could have given up, y'all. But if I would have given up, what would have happened to you? Some of you had given up on church when I met you. Come on. Some of you were church hurt. Some of you were done with it. Some of you didn't know Jesus. Some of you just was like, man, I'm, I, don't, I don't want none of that. But see, your actions does affect somebody else. And if you don't step up and do what you've been called to do, you are holding somebody.